Welcome to Highlands and the Heartache, where we invite our brothers and sisters in Christ to share their testimonies, display authenticity in each season of life, and encourage one another to live in the victory that Jesus brings. Oh, how high would I climb mountains if the mountains were you high? Hello, everybody. It has been a while. Um, you had the pleasure, joy, honor, and privilege of hearing Sophia um, speak uh, and lead a conversation last week, um, but I am back. I am here. This is Olivia, and I'm very excited because I am actually going to be interviewing my awesome brother, Nathan, today. Yeah, say hi, Nate. Hello, I'm Nathan Simone. Uh, <laughs> that is my name. Um, yeah, so I'm a freshman at Cornell uh, studying at the School of Hotel Administration um, with my older sis and currently living life here. It's been pretty good. Yeah, it's been awesome seeing you around campus. I love it. Yeah, cool. Okay, uh, do you have like a fun fact or something you want to share? Um, fun fact is I'm born on Christmas, so I'm basically the second coming. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mild blast to open it up, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it was fun. We always like would have Christmas be the first half of the day and then your birthday be the second half of the day. And yeah. So I, I got my fair share of Double presents. presents, yeah. <laughs> I was always so jealous. Okay, cool. Well, all right, so I'm just like super honored and excited to get yeah. to interview you because I feel like I'm going to learn some new stuff yeah, about you. I don't yeah. know. You definitely will. So, okay, let's start with what I do know, which is talk about your faith background. So how was it growing up for you um, in our family and how was your faith Yeah, growing up? Yeah, so um, I was raised by two very strong Christian parents um, who always put their faith as a priority, um, both for themselves and for our whole family. Um, but shout out at, mom and dad. yeah, shout out to them. Um, but at the same time, they were always very clear that um, that it, it, we shouldn't be looking at it in terms of a religion, but really just the truth. Um, and the pursuit of truth was always very important to yeah. my parents. Um, and so, and and also the the fact that there's one absolute truth. So it's it's not like your truth versus my truth. Um, yeah, so, and so we should go try to figure out what it is, whatever it exactly, is. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that really helped me to be more open minded and to look at Christianity, not as part of like a cultural um, element, but really like trying to understand what the truth is. Um, so that, that was really interesting, but I'd say like growing up, I kind of had the typical trajectory of somebody who was raised in a Christian home uh, in that I was made aware very early on uh, who Jesus is and what um, he did for us. And just like the very basics of the faith. Um, but I never really took it upon like my own self and really believed it fully until much later in my life. So I'd say around 16 and a half or 17. Um, and through my teenage years, uh, my early teenage years, especially it was very, very difficult um, in terms of just my faith because I was, I wasn't surrounded by people that were believers. Um, I was kind of lacking that community. Yeah. yeah and right. like, I think similarly, similarly to me, you, you know, we we're used to growing up in a Christian household, going to church every mm-hmm. week, going to youth group every week. And so maybe we had doubts, but like it was kind of kept on the DL, on the yeah, down low, you know? Exactly, yeah. Okay, cool. So, so what was the pivot point? Because obviously you're Jesus freak now. So something yeah. had to change. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say there's two main pivot points. Um, the first one really made me interested, I'd say, in figuring out what the truth was. And the second one um, is where I sort of discovered what that truth was. Um, so the first one was an encounter with my grandpa that you probably remember very well, actually. I do. Yeah. Um, I'd say I was around 
15 or maybe almost 15 years old, um, thinking that I knew everything about, you know, God and, and what I believed in um, and everything. And so I there was this late night with my grandpa, um, who is a, a very avid atheist. Um, but I was talking to him about God because my little 15 year old self thought um, that I knew what I was talking about. Uh, yeah, <laughs> didn't, didn't end very well. He pointed out a couple of things um, that now I see as, as pretty basic arguments that I can easily refute. Um, but it was just like things like, uh, if God's real, why doesn't he just appear right in front of me and tell, tell me to follow him? Um, and that just kind of rocked my world, the idea that God wouldn't just, you know, make himself available yeah. to us that way for everybody and anybody who asked, because now I realize that that would make us God. Um, but anyway, so that that was kind of shocking to me because um, he kind of went full out for like half an hour and just destroyed everything I believed in. Um, so that was the first pivot point. Um, and that's when I really started to question what I believed in, uh, which led to my second pivot point where I kind of found that. And that was um, not this past summer, but about a year and, and two months ago. So the previous summer um, when I went to a summer camp uh, and really felt the presence of God. Um, and I want to clarify also that that, um, in my experience was not God finally reaching himself out to me, but really that was me becoming aware of the fact that God was waiting the whole time. Um, mm. and that it was my turn to reach back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a huge, a huge point. I can talk more about that. Um, I guess later there's a couple of things I want to talk about with that experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I guess like I, I had similar experiences to you, but would you like in summary say that it was really important for you to have the first pivot point in order to get to the second pivot point? For because sure. yeah. if you're stuck in I'm content where I am with my faith and you're not willing to question and dig deep and wonder because God says I am the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so if God really is the truth, like we can search wholeheartedly and if he is the truth, we'll find him. Exactly. Right. So like you needed you need someone to break down your weak faith to build up a stronger faith. Yeah, for sure. I think that also like if there's anybody who's really um, discouraged right now where they feel like they're in that broken down stage. And trust me, like I often feel like I'm still in that broken down stage, still don't really know if I'm out of it yet. Um, But just encouragement that like you will find the truth because there is the absolute truth out there. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that's what you should be striving for. And that's what I've, that I'm, what I'm striving for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So you're saying like your pivot, your second pivot point was all of a sudden you felt God's presence and, and it was you realizing that God had been there the entire time, but finally you were willing to pursue him and he's been pursuing you 99% of the way and you mm-hmm. needed just the 1%. I want you God. And he was like, boom, I'm there. Yeah. So you experienced that. And so like what has been since that moment, what has been one of the most important factors in driving your faith forward from that point? Cause I think a lot of Christians have that, you know, moment where your world is rocked and you're like, Oh my gosh, nothing is better than Jesus. But then sometimes you, you, you know, that moment is a, a high point and then you yeah, go down to the valley. So what for yeah. you has been something that's been continuously pushing you forward? Yeah. Faith? Well, yeah, it's like this, there's this spark that's gone off and suddenly you're on this faith high. Um, and it's just so important that like you keep that going. Um, and so for me, I think the, the main thing that, that did that was, um, the community that I was in. Um, so this is a little bit more about my testimony, but, um, in high school, I was in one high school for my first two years and a different high school for my uh, second two years. And for my first high school, um, I was the only Christian in my entire school. 
um, apart from my two sisters. So I um, had lots and lots of friends, but none of them were uh, believers. And that kind of pulled me along this whole other path that, um, that I went down that did not end well. Um, and then I was able to move high schools to um, my, my second high school. And that's where I um, moved with my best friend from my youth group. And so I had something, somebody now to keep me accountable um, and that we, I mean, we'd spend lunch times together um, in secret, uh, usually in the boys' bathroom, reading the Bible and praying together. Um, so that, that was a fun That's experience. Awesome. Um, so, but yeah, so I think that really just shows the importance of the community that's around you. Um, because in, in the first few years of high school, I had this totally different community that's pulling you one way. Um, and in the second half, a totally yeah. different community again. So I think like there's, there's, I don't know who said this, but um, it's definitely true that the, that you are the culmination of the five people that you spend the most time with. Mm, um, yeah. And so I, when I, once I start spending more time with my, with my friend from youth group um, and also we, we formed a Bible study together with my youth pastor and I just started spending more time um, with the right people and doing the right things. And that kind of um, was the foundation for, for my faith. Yeah. So community yeah. for sure. That's super good. Mm. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, so the other thing though, is I've noticed that the flip side is true where a lot of Christians will be in totally submerged in Christian community where they know really nobody that's not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and that's actually really bad for them too. Mm-hmm. Um, where a lot of people will go to all Christian high schools and then show up at Cornell or, or show up in a, in a new environment where there aren't that many Christians and it rocks their faith really heavily because um, when you're stuck in that Christian bubble, um, no one's there to challenge your faith. And the opposite is what you had and what I had, which is in that high school where no one was a Christian, then you had no one to encourage you in your faith. Mm-hmm. So you need a good balance of encouragement and challenge so that your faith is real. I agree. Um, yeah. Okay, so I guess like the next big question I have that you, you started to uh, talk about earlier was so what quality of God do you see weave throughout your life? Because you you know you talked about at the beginning you you your faith was kind of shallow, then you had a pivot point where yeah. you had to question everything, and then you had a second pivot point where you like experienced God, um, and that that changed your life. Um, so what would you say looking back? Cause God has weaved into everything. We're just so blind and it's always retrospect that shows us how good he's been. But looking back, what would you say are, are the main things about God that have been weaved throughout your life that you're now seeing? Yeah. Um, I'd say, so God obviously is just, is perfect and has so many beautiful qualities. Um, but in my life, the ones that have been the most apparent have been just his patience and his grace. Um, and because he's just been, he like my whole life, he's just been waiting to start this relationship with me. Um, and I've mm. only recognized that 17 years down the line. Um, mm, yeah. And so, yeah, just the fact that like he's willing to wait and, and, and not, that's just 17 years, right? He's willing to wait if you're 80 or if you're 90, like until you're on your deathbed, he still, he still has his hand out there um, yeah. waiting for you. So yeah, I think like those, those are, those are the huge ones for me. Yeah. Yeah. I totally relate to that because uh, like obviously our stories are separate and unique because we're different people, but we're intertwined as siblings. And um, I totally feel like I, I just couldn't believe I didn't see God waiting for me the whole time. Yeah. And I was just like, so rebellious, so rebellious, like, God, where are you? You don't love me. I don't want you pushing him away and pushing him away and pushing him away. And yeah, retrospect hindsight is 2020. Yeah. Um, but here's the, here's the interesting thing though, is that, 
at any point in my life, I feel like I look back and think, wow, I was such an idiot. Um, (laughs) You know, but the the funny thing is probably two, three years down the line, I'm gonna look back to where I am now and think, wow, I'm such an idiot. (laughs) Um, So yeah, like hindsight definitely is 2020. Um, And, and I feel like I, it's really important that I feel like I'm never, I wouldn't, I don't want to say comfortable, but really like comfortable in my relationship with God and that there's always so much more to explore. Um, And there's so much more that he's willing to offer. It's like, he's, he's reaching his hand out. I feel like I've felt like, you know, the tiniest bit of it. And like, I'm, I'm still waiting to like grab the whole thing, you know, and, and obviously we're never going to be able to grab the whole thing because there's so much, right. Um, Mm. for us to, to be able to learn. But, um, I just recognize that like, there's so much more that I want now. And it's, it's mainly that desire for God. Um, that's, that, that drives me, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Dude, that's so good. Yeah. Um, uh, we actually talked about this like last week or something. Mom mm. and dad, if you're listening right now, I'll plug your ears. But we we're talking about <laughs> if we were to ever get tattoos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, bad idea. Kids just don't listen. <laughs> but, Not necessarily, um, but yeah. But we were talking about like, you know, if we were ever get tattoos, what would they be? And I feel like one that I would get would be the words deeper still. Um, because the idea of like, don't get comfortable in your Mm -hmm. faith. The minute you get comfortable, Satan starts working. He's like, all right, you know, you're, you're resting, you're, you're sleeping now. Like I can, I can pounce. And, um, but the other part of that is, yeah, exactly. You're never going to get to experience the fullness of God until you get to heaven. And so there's so much more to learn and there's so much more to grasp of him and experience with him. They'll, They'll change your life. They'll yeah. change your life. Yeah. It's so. like never get comfortable, honestly, because God, yeah, God is so much more for you. And uh, yeah, actually, God, I feel like there's something that the Lord said to me that last week as well, um, which is what you have planned is so much less than what I have planned. Um, and what you are so quick to settle for is so much less than I have to give you. Yeah. And so yeah, if you if you're willing to settle with God, like you're you're coming up short. He has so much more for you of himself and of life. So. Yeah. It's the whole the whole concept of joy versus happiness. Um where happiness is like really depends on what's happening, whereas joy is like the deep um settled comfort that you have in knowing that God's in control. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I like that's that's something also I've discovered recently. It's like pursuing joy rather than happiness. Yeah. And yeah, and God has so much more joy to give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, well, I guess I have like one last big question for you, which is, what's been God, or what has God been doing now? Like, you know, oh my he's constantly moving. I, I could it's, talk about this forever. It's gonna ever. change, yeah. but yeah, what's what's God doing in your life right now? Okay, um, where do I start with this? So, I, I this past summer, I think was um, lots of really cool things happened. Um, but I went back to the summer camp where I originally you know, became a, a believer in Christ, which was the previous summer that I went to it. Um, but this past summer I went back with my best friend, Matthew, uh, Matthew Lilly, shout out again. Uh, yeah. So he has, he has a very interesting story as well. So he was brought up in a Christian home, um, went to boarding school for the last two years of high school um, and really felt like his, his relationship and connection with God was kind of put on the back burner. Um, and just like that desire to pursue God was difficult for him to find. Um so yeah, so I, I somehow it all worked out. It was it's a long story, but it all worked out that we were able to go to this um, this summer camp together, um, and lots of things happened there. Um, but the the main one was just from from so from the start, my my goal in bringing him was that we first of all I would have my my relationship with Christ renewed, 
Um, but mostly for him that he just like have this fire in him um, and that, that, that desire for God would be brought back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was my prayer going in and within three or four days, that's what happened. Um, it was just amazing to see how God so quickly um, just set him on fire, yeah. um, made him like, he also had lots of questions, obviously. Um, and we had some amazing discussions out of that, but, um, yeah, seeing the way that God influenced, uh, or, or basically called Matthew to him and the way that Matthew responded, um, was super, super cool. Um, and something that, that, that also brought to light is, um, so at, at this camp that we, that Olivia and I have both been to, it's such a Holy spirit, like filled place. Um, yeah. I mean, they have over like 30 physical miracles that happen there every summer. Yeah. Um, just and like, it's not that like God's more there than yeah, anywhere else, not, but there no, are a lot of faith-filled people. Yeah. It's the people and, really, I think. Yeah. Um, but so that's the interesting news. I mentioned the miracles. Um, and that also is a foundational part of my faith, but not necessarily in the way you think, um, in that when I first really decided that I wanted to pursue a relationship with Jesus, um, at the camp two summers ago, um, part of that story was because of a miracle that God, um, blessed me with. But um, this past summer, I felt like God totally changed my mind in terms of what miracles are, um, especially for me. Um, and so what happened was uh, I saw all these miracles being experienced around me. It was totally in all of them. Um, and because that was such a huge part of my original coming to faith, um, I started to really put my reliance on them uh, and I guess, pursue them more than I was pursuing God. Um, and this is something I struggled with also, also um, as a child, like as a, as a child growing up, feeling like if God would only show himself to me, you know, if he would just like appear in a blinding Bring light, a sign, you know, yeah. just like my grandpa was telling yeah, you when I was the 14. Yeah, the sign will give me faith yeah, the more sign, than God exactly. will give me faith. Yeah. Um, so this just kind of obsession with um, the concept of miracles. Also, here's another thing is I'm a, I'm a very logical thinker. Um, and so I rely a lot more on like my logical reasoning than my emotional side. Um, especially when it comes to God, that's starting to change now. But um, yeah, so that, I think that's why miracles just blew me away so much is because they just totally erase logic. Yeah, they erase logic. <laughs> I mean, I can get, yeah, there's lot, lots of crazy stuff. Um, but this past summer I experienced all the miracles. Um, and in one of my solo times that I was doing with God, um, I was reading the passage um, that you may or may not be familiar with. It's when Thomas um, and all the disciples are visited by Jesus after um, he's risen from the dead. And all the, all the disciples have believed at this point, except for Thomas. Um, and he is, is basically saying, I won't believe until I see it. Um, and then Jesus shows up and says, put your fingers through, through the holes of my hands and stick your, stick your hand in my side and recognize like, look, I'm back. Um, yeah. And then he says this, this line that just kind of broke me down, which is blessed are those who believe without seeing. Um, and so when I read that and really reflected on it, I realized I'd been putting so much like power, like so much faith in the miracles that God had been providing just to the people around me, not even to me at that point um, that I was kind of forgetting about like who God is as a person, like as, as the fact, like just the fact that he's God and he's so much more than that. Um, Mm. And so I prayed probably the scariest prayer I've prayed in my life, Mm -hmm. um, which is God, like don't give me any more of these physical miracles in my life. Like for the rest of my life, I don't want to experience another single physical miracle um, apart from the miracles of seeing other people being brought to Christ through me. Um, and so I feel like that was kind of a covenant that I decided to make with God, um, Mm -hmm. at that time. And he's, he's held his part on it amazingly well. Um, so first of all, just with the example of Matthew, 
Um, and then since coming to Cornell, um, there have like just been so many people that I feel like I've been able to have conversations with. Um, and every time I have these conversations, they can go on for hours and hours and hours. Um, and by the time it's over, I won't even remember half the things I said because <laughs> it, it really feels like it's not even me talking, Yeah, you know? Um, and just like the opportunities that God has, has put for me here, um, yeah. just blow me out of the water. So yeah, I think like that's something that is, that's really important is just like not relying on physical things. Like, yes, when they happen, they're totally amazing. Um, and praise yeah. God. And like when he chooses to bless us with those, um, for his reasons, I like all glory to him. Um, and I'm still blown away when things like that happen, but, uh, just like not relying on them. And, and yeah, I mean, for me, what I've really seen is just that it's the the greatest miracle is seeing how like just one tiny conversation with somebody can set like their heart on fire for Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the passion for wanting to understand, you know, and, and really understand what the truth is. So, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. And I can totally attest, guys, like, my brother's ridiculously awesome. And the <laughs> number of days where I'm like, hey, how's your day been? He's like, oh, yeah, I talked to three more people about Jesus, and two of them are interested in coming to church. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're a freshman. Like, and slow it's, down. It's such a recent phenomenon. I mean, like, yeah. I, even in my last few years of high school, I felt like, yeah, I'm a, a believer. Um, I rarely would bring up the subject of Jesus and, and never like when other people brought it up, I would sometimes continue on the conversation. I'd really bring it up myself. Um, so it's, it's been totally a recent thing where I feel like this is something that God's really called me to do. Um, and it's been working out pretty well so far. Yeah. It's awesome. And I like the miracle thing is similar to what I've been through where, um, yeah, the camp we've been to, you know, camps are kind of a crazy place in general, but I will say that that, that place is unique for the number of faithful people that there are. And God, God says, you know, if you have full faith, I will do it. Um, yeah. And so I think that's why so many miracles happen, not just because it's like a crazy camp place, but because True, there's yeah. so much faith there that God will move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had a similar thing where I'd never seen miracles in my whole life. And then it, I was so skeptical, so skeptical. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, like so many crazy things happened. One very small story is like this girl who had uh, g- gotten into an accident and had a paralyzed leg. And then uh, over time, the, the, um, the numbness and the paralyzed parts of her uh, went away and went all the way down just to her, her like few toes. She had like three toes that in mm-hmm. the past five years, she'd never been able to move. Um, right. And so she was living with it. Cause it's not a big deal. It's just toes, whatever. But um, lots of people who had faith were like, let, you know, let me pray over them. Let me see, you know, if I can have a miracle and we'll pray and, and nothing ever happened. And so at JH at the camp, um, I was working with this girl and a bunch of us girls got together and said, Hey, can we pray? Cause we believe this will be healed. And she's like, guys, like I've had this prayed for for four years. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And so we're like, let's pray. We put our hand on her and we're like praying. And then at the end of the prayer, we so eagerly look up and we're like, oh, Haven, are your toes less paralyzed now? She's like, nope, they're just as paralyzed. (laughs) And I personally was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, that sucks. You know, I'm a little embarrassed. But then this other girl that we were praying with was like, let's do it again. I was like, no, don't do it again. Like, it's going to be so embarrassing. (laughs) And we pray again. And we're like, Haven, do you feel your toes? And she's like, nope. And I'm like, gosh darn. Okay, that's really embarrassing. And the other girl's girl's like, let's do it again. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, you're going to make this girl lose her faith. We're praying like over and over and nothing's happening. 
but she was so persistent and we prayed five times, four times, nothing happened by the fifth time she could feel every toe and she was wiggling them around and it would just like blew my mind because God says, you know, we're three or more gathered in my name. I'm there. And then there's lots of passages about faithfully praying over and over. Um, And if we believe it'll happen. And so miracles are crazy and it's a testament, not, you know, yes, yes, it's cool. You watch and it's cool, but it's also just, a testament of what God does with faithfulness and yeah. with faith in general mm-hmm. um, with his people. But yeah, I totally agree though, that if we rely on what we see, it's not faith. That's not yeah. what faith is. Mm-hmm. You know, if I didn't believe in God and then saw that and believed in God um, and then never saw it again. And so my faith wavered, what do I have? I don't have faith. Yeah, I just have a reaction, mm-hmm. you know? So God's been teaching me a lot about what it means to believe when I don't see him. Believe mm-hmm. when I don't feel him. Believe when I don't hear from him, hear his voice. Yeah. Because what is my faith? It's just believing that he is who he says he is. So, and that he's done what he say what he says he's going to do. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, he, he did what he said he did. Um, yeah. And so when he says he's faithful, I believe he's faithful. And when he says he's next to me, he never never leaves me or forsakes me. I believe it, even if I don't feel it. Yeah. That's faith, and it's it's a struggle. It's a battle to really have true faith. Mm-hmm. that's what we're called to. And when we have it, it's so peace bringing. You're unshakable. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, sister. <laughs> Amen, brother. I can say that for real. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was a crazy blessing to get to interview you. Yeah. I love you, My mate. absolute pleasure. Love you too. I love you. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I hope you were blessed as much as I was. That was Nathan, the bomb.com. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Uh, next episode will be out two weeks from now and another guest will be on. It's all a secret. You'll figure out who it is later. Um, but thanks for listening and Nate, any last words? Yeah. Keep, keep on believing guys. God's yeah. a good God. Um, and yeah, yeah. this is a pleasure. Yeah. Love you, love. Yeah, love you too. All right, guys. Hope you have a great week. And remember that you've got this because God's got you. No less God within the shadow.